0: Welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. Hi, and welcome again to Christmas Clatter. I'm Todd Killian. Well, it's December 1st, finally. Last month of the year. Hopefully better things are in store for next year, but more on that as the month winds up. Just uh, 25 days until Christmas, 24 days till Christmas. So everybody hopefully starting your Advent calendars today. If you do those, I know me and my youngest one, Mainly my youngest one, or mainly me, or starting a uh, Lego Friends calendar. Uh, We'll be doing that when she gets home from school later today, and that should be exciting. If you haven't checked out our new website, head over to christmasclatterpodcast.com and check it out. There's a free email newsletter you can sign up for called Clatter Chatter, That will be starting in January, and I'll have more on that here in a couple weeks as we approach cookie day. That may be a hint to something in store for the newsletter, Clatter Chatter. When I was deciding to revamp the website and different things, I won't go into it all the details and bore you with that. But I looked at, uh, I'm not that much of a tech guy. I'd like to be, but uh, for whatever reason, I'm not. I could get by, but I looked at all the website makers and things like that out there and I settled on Wix, uh, making a Wix site. If you listen to any kind of podcasts, you'll hear Wix. They're all over the place. And this isn't an advertisement for Wix, but I found they were best to use for me. And I just wanted to say thank you to a YouTube channel out there called Wix Fix And uh, their website is yourwixfix.com, and Craig runs it. It's a small YouTube channel, but Craig has been so helpful in helping me get started on Wix. Wix is easy to use, but I just needed a little bit of a primer on the pump, if you will. And uh, Craig has been excellent. So if uh, this COVID year has your side hustle up a little bit more and you're willing to expand or you need a new website for anything, I encourage you, if you choose Wix, to head over to the Wix Fix YouTube channel and your WixFix.com, and he's got some great tutorials that will help you get started on that and make the process even easier. Now, this isn't a commercial, but uh, he's helped me so much, I figured I'd just put that out there for you guys to take a listen to and see if it's something that could help you. It helped me, and I just want to share that with with all of you. According to the postal service, December 18th this is the cutoff date to get priority mail before Christmas. I think it's the 17th for first class mail. That's all good and everything a week before Christmas. But however, being with the postal service for over 15 years, I personally feel it's a bit optimistic I've seen the changes in parcel volumes and, and how COVID has affected the workforce. I would feel comfortable making my deadline for first class and priority mail the 14th of December instead of the 17th and 18th, respectively. I'd feel better with those dates if I were you. And if better safe than sorry, I'd stick with the 14th. And the worst that could happen is your gifts arrive or are delivered just a couple of days before christmas and uh, at least they could sit under the tree for that amount of time and for our episode today we're gonna travel across the pond and talk to adam the host of a podcast called mary britmas mary britmas is a is a brilliant podcast and it's a lot i don't want to say it's a lot like christmas clatter but he just kind of he just celebrates everything that makes christmas special in england and it gives me as an American, a different view on Christmas and a better understanding of some of their traditions and things that kind of we half know, but half don't know. And it's just nice to hear his perspective and learn a lot. Adam's a super great guy. All the information for Barry Britmas is in the show notes, and I encourage each and every one of you to check it out. So without any further ado, here's my Christmas conversation with Adam Seibon. Well, making his Christmas clatter debut is Adam from Merry Britmus. Adam's been at the podcasting, uh, for Christmas for what has it been? Adam, close to a year or um, better now?
1: About, it's been a couple of years, but my very first year was sparse. I'd say only a couple of episodes I've definitely picked up in the last year.
0: First time I discovered you, I think it was through Dwayne on Tinsel Tunes sent me a link yeah. to your podcast and, and, uh, enjoyed it ever since you kind of just talk about the uh, Christmas in the UK and and it's it's a real treat especially me being here in the States getting to hear Christmas from a little bit different perspective what inspired you to start Mary Britmas
1: well it was a combination of things really um so it all started yeah a couple of years ago and I'd spent a year or two listening to uh or getting into podcasting generally it was something that I'd sort of Never really listened to many podcasts, listened to a lot of music uh, more so, but then a couple of friends recommended some comedy podcasts and uh, history podcasts that I listened to. And then I sort of stumbled upon, um, I think the first Christmas one was um, Tim's, Tim Babs Can't Wait for Christmas. Uh, And pretty much around that same time, I think Tis the Podcast and um, Christmas Past all just seemed to hit my, you know, ears at the same time. And I quickly got quite obsessed with those I'm, I've been a Christmas fanatic as far back as I can remember my parents or my mother mainly um, has made me a bit of a Christmas obsessive so even though it was June or July when I first heard both of those podcasts I was like that's it this is my weekly listening now and all through the year I think there was two years ago I kept thinking maybe, maybe I could do my own Christmas podcast maybe maybe but I just couldn't think of what to talk about really i thought uh well you know these guys talk about film so well and tim's so funny and talks about all different things and i just couldn't quite find a way to make um a sort of particular niche i suppose for myself and then it sort of just came to me as i was listening to more of these and, and more christmas podcasts started to appear in my um you know podcast feed as well these are all americans these are all people that are giving uh, a very american christmas um point of view especially so you know a lot of the specials and things were ones i'd never seen or never heard of because they just weren't very popular over here and so i was watching them for the first time and i thought well you know they never really cover any of the british classics the things that maybe i would see as my traditional christmas uh, tv or films so i thought oh well okay that's it that's the one I'm, I'm I'm aiming for then that's my podcast is me talking about all the British Christmas stuff that all of these guys just don't have any knowledge of or awareness of um, and maybe hopefully bringing other people around the world um, an awareness of Christmas traditions uh, Christmas TV and Christmas music that might have just bypassed them or not have been as big in those countries um, so that was my you know my little spark moment and now I spent a couple of months trying to furrow together lots and lots of ideas and hash it out originally it was just going to be um christmas tv british christmas tv and then i thought well you know i think i don't know if i'll have enough to talk about there mm-hmm. uh so how about i do a song and then i thought oh, well how about i just chuck in a tradition as well so it just became this little trifecta um, and yeah then i recorded a couple for that very first year two years ago um and sort of didn't think much of it just did it as sort of a fun um, but then Got more listeners than I thought, you know, not massive amounts, but more than just two friends and my mom or something. Uh, and so the next year kept going.
0: That's a, That seems like a real similar story to mine. You just kind of found a few Christmas podcasts and it's the same one. And it's kind of like, well, there's a little bit here i like to cover that that's not being represented as much as far as Christmas because there's just so much Christmas stuff to unpack. And um, speaking of like Christmas traditions and things like that, I've I mentioned on the show before, that uh, you inspired me this year to try a mince pie, which <laughs> which is a new tradition I have of trying something different that's Christmas food related that I haven't before. Last year, I did the fruitcake.
1: Yeah. Uh, how was uh, that? How was the fruitcake?
0: I did not care for it. I no. Mean,
1: <laughs> not many people do.
0: <laughs> no. I could see. It's kind of like one of those weird things, whereas when I was eating it, I could see why people would like it. Yeah. But but I didn't like it myself.
1: No, I'm not the biggest fan of fruitcake to be honest. I've, I've had decent, uh, well, again, I'm a gluten-free as well. I'm celiac. So, uh-huh. uh, my, uh, Christmas, um, snacks have to be very specially, um, chosen. And, um, I did have, uh, some gluten-free Christmas, um, fruitcake a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And yeah, it's very heavy, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the main problem for me it was sort of a stodgy (laughs) chaos of cake Mm
0: -hmm. yeah there was just too much going on you know with it and too many different textures and i just it was (laughs) it was fine i don't want to say it was bad but it's nothing i would seek out not the top of
1: the list yeah
0: it's probably like in two or three years i'll probably kind of half forget about what it tasted like and probably have another <laughs> real thin piece and, and that do me over, you know do me again but i did uh hunt down some uh mince pies and i do quite like those a lot
1: good i've got one actually here right now oh, one yeah?
0: literally <laughs>
1: ready for a tweet in a little bit yeah i've got through i think i'm onto my I, i've never actually made them myself uh-huh. which is something that i would like to do one year but um, I'm too lazy, really, with that sort of stuff. I'm not a very good cook. I like to just go buy things and eat them. Um, but I've got to—I think I'm on my fourth or fifth pack of mince pies already. a Pack of four, so I've eaten quite a lot already, and it's not even December yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were—we were at a store up in the St. Louis, the uh, World Foods, and I think they had a eight pack of yeah. them, and I, I bought those. And I may—I don't—I don't have any left, I don't think. And, uh, <laughs> My wife tried one and my youngest one tried one and then the rest have been on me. So <laughs> <laughs> They are
1: quite Moorish after you, you know, I, th- I th- there's sort of a perfect sort of stack sized as well. You know, just yeah. a little round, few bites and they're gone.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's the thing I like about them. It's not like, it's like a, a fruitcake is like an investment because they, <laughs> you know, there's the smallest section they, you know, they sell them in those little, rectangle shaped yeah, logs and it's, squares yeah that's like yeah, it's gonna take a while to get through those whereas the mince pies <laughs> it's just the it's just the little pie and then, exactly and, and then you're done you know i often
1: especially around christmas i, I usually have at least one a day because i take them for my work break so i have a you know mm-hmm. morning work break and it's a perfect time there just to have a yeah. cup of tea and a little mince pie in the morning just sees me through gives me that little festive kick to get on with the rest of the day uh, have you tried uh, christmas pudding yeah is that is that popular over there
0: i'm not sure if no it's putting it's it's not and that's probably going to be on my list for n- next year if i don't get to it this year just try the christmas pudding
1: yeah i need to do an episode about i think mm-hmm. i think i prefer christmas pudding to mince pies sometimes but christmas pudding is a bit more of a investment you've got to sort of you know prepare it it's best to have it with something like custard or ice cream or mm-hmm. or something like that and obviously there's a bit of a tradition you know for the christmas one to light it on fire here with um mm-hmm some brandy and brandy butter and and light on fine. It looks amazing, but just a little bit more work than just, yeah, popping a mince pie out of a pack and on the side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I definitely have to try that, try that for sure. And, and uh, expand uh, my horizons a little bit on, on those things because they're, they're, they're all things that you always see and hear around Christmas time, you know, and and, you know, they'll talk about them on Christmas specials or if, you know, some versions of Christmas Carol things. And, but, They're just kind of nothing we relate to around here, at least where, you know, I'm stuck right in the middle of the States. Everything has to go through the filter of New York and uh, LA before (laughs) it gets to me even. So
1: I I, I, talking that sort of, you know, trying new things. I really want to try eggnog this year. It's something that I've never, ever had again, just don't really have it here in the UK. I Mm -hmm. think I've seen it once in a shop a few years ago, Mm -hmm. but I was a little bit mm, not sure if this is something I want to try. Just the, the, the name, put me off a little bit eggnog. Um, But the more I've read about it and the more I've, again, I will see it on, you know, American Christmas films and TV. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I think I could get on board, especially maybe, you know, with a bit of rum in there. I think it might be something that I'd like to try. So I I need to keep an eye out for it. I might try and make my own this year, but it could be disastrous. But I might give it a go when December kicks in.
0: Yeah, I've never tried to make my own, but I love eggnog. And uh, I like it quite a bit. And I'll tell you the way I do it a lot of people don't like the consistency cause it can tend to be a little thick. So a lot of people thin it with milk. Hmm. But what I do is I use uh, I pour it in like a coffee cup and then I'll put whipped cream on top and then sprinkle yeah. a little and then put a little uh, nutmeg on top of the whipped cream. And then, Ooh. uh, and then grab a cinnamon stick and use it to stir.
1: That sounds great. That and sounds it, really good. <laughs> and it,
0: it's it's like a dessert in a cup. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, that's the way I drink it.
1: Mm, that sounds lovely. Yeah, there's that nutmeg and cinnamon finish. Yeah. I, I yeah. you know, I think I'd pour cinnamon on everything yeah. pretty much uh, during December. Yeah, you
0: yeah, use that cinnamon stick and to, to mix up the whipped cream and the eggnog and that kind of thins it a little bit, but not like the milk. The milk really thins it out. And I yeah. don't like I don't like it that, that thin. I like it a little thicker and that kind of uh thins it out and kind of cuts some of that thickness out. Cause I don't like a real thick drink either and that's like the whipped cream's like the perfect add to make it the right consistency and then the nutmeg the and cinnamon just kind of give it a little extra christmas spice to it so
1: yeah that sounds good i've, I've always been I had a bit of a you know not not a hatred but a bit of a gross factor i suppose about creamy drinks ever since mm-hmm. i was young and you know um, part of milkshakes i was fine with but mm-hmm. i don't know over here we have quite a few creamy alcoholic drinks like mm-hmm. um Advocar and um there's a, a sort of drink called a snowball we have over here, which is uh, this creamy uh, spirit called Advocar and lemonade. And I think I remember trying it when I was a teenager at a Christmas party and just finding it the most disgusting thing in the world. It's just so thick and creamy mm-hmm. and cloying and, and mm-hmm. gross. And I think, you know, I was a teenager and it was uh, alcohol. as someone someone, oh, try a bit of this. One of my aunties somewhere gave it to me. And I thought, nope, that's disgusting. And ever since I've sort of had a bit of a... Um yeah, a bit of a um natural aversion to creamy drinks. But I have over the last few years started to test that a little bit and try a few more different um you know creamy cocktails and things. And so I'm 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 up for eggnog this year. I think yeah. it's time.
0: Well, you'll have to let me know what you think about it after yeah, after you try definitely. it and see. <laughs> see, I'm I'm that way with hot drinks. I'm not a big hot drink person, like hot chocolate or hot apple cider, mm. hot hot tea, hot chocolate or hot apple cider. I like the flavors. Nothing wrong with flavors. That's just not big on a hot drink.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard you say that before. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a definitely. I'm a hot drink fan. I don't know if it's just if you're British, you have to be in a way. It's just to just to if you have to live in Britain, you have to ha- have tea and yeah, hot chocolate, hot mulled cider, and mulled mm-hmm. wine at Christmas.
0: Yeah. See, this year I think I'm just going to kind of force myself to start drinking that stuff. <laughs> you know, just because it's like, come on, man, it, you're you're adult. You can drink hot stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and just so I can enjoy it, especially the hot apple cider. My my mom makes this, it's called caramel apple cider stuff, mm. and she makes this other thing called Christmas tea, which is more, it's called Christmas tea, but it's not got any tea in it. It's it's, <laughs> it's like an apple cider with like oranges and lemons. and Oh yeah, yeah,
1: like different and, flavors.
0: Yeah, and, and it tastes really great, but. The only reason I don't drink it's because it's served warm, and yeah. So I think I'm just gonna have to to buckle down and just start drinking that stuff around Christmas. <laughs> and plus, too, I'm getting older, so I'm getting colder a lot easier than I used to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. you need that warmth to yeah. give you a <laughs> yeah.
1: boost during the day.
0: Yeah, but uh, I, I probably won't. Uh, Michael Christelman, a, a avid Christmas podcast listener, he'll be he'll be mad and. At me, but I probably won't ever drink coffee. I just can't stand the taste of it. So, <laughs> I'm
1: I'm not a coffee man. I love yeah. the love the smell of coffee. Absolutely yes, adore I, the smell of it. Yeah, but just way. yeah, the taste. The only t- the only way I can drink coffee, which I have done in the past, because it's the only thing that's been there, and I need a hot drink, has been with so much milk. And, and sugar that it's basically just a dessert with a little bit of coffee flavor. It's like a, you know, a coffee flavored milk basically. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's, it's not for me. It's something for me to smell. My wife drinks it. I'll make it for her in the morning and, and I'll stand there and sn- sniff it before she drinks it. Um, uh, but then I'll have my tea as well. I'm, I'm a proper Englishman and I have to have my um, English breakfast tea, uh, Yorkshire tea, which is my go-to here. And I drink quite a few each day. I probably get to about four or five teas a day, especially in wintertime.
0: I'm from the South, so all our tea is cold and it's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I can't get over that. Whenever I watch on,
1: on, on again, American TV or films, uh-huh. and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll have a tea. And then they start pouring this ice concoction. I'm like, that's, uh-huh. that's not a tea. No, uh-huh. you need a mug, you need a kettle. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different beast. I've got... Um, a couple of people that I know who, you know, American who moved over here when I, um, I used to know them a few years ago and introducing them to tea and trying to get them to drink tea was one of my favorite things to do uh, to sort of keep forcing <laughs> them to. And eventually one of them actually did quite, you know, I'd come; in, they'd come into the round two hour flat and I'd be like, you want a cup of tea, you want a cup of tea? And they'd actually agree to it rather than have it forced upon them.
0: <clears throat> my sister-in-law came to visit from California and uh, we, would, we would go out to eat and she'd ask for tea. She just asked for tea and she'd get it and it'd be sweet every time. And she's like, yeah, they keep giving me sweet tea. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, because when you ask for tea around here, they assume you want it sweet. If you don't want it sweet, you have to ask for unsweet tea, you know, because the the go to (laughs) is sweet, you know, and uh, and so so there's some places around here where the uh, the tea is so sweet it can double for pancake syrup.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I quite like the sound of that. Actually, I've got a sweet tooth, so maybe that would actually turn my head a little bit. It's something. Another cultural difference between the UK and the US is something that I've sort of only picked up on in the last few years reading about it online. Is that Americans don't really have kettles. You don't really have an electric kettle as a normal appliance, whereas. Mm-mm. Every house every house in Britain, if you go to a house in Britain that doesn't have uh, you know, a plug-into-the-wall kettle, you fill up with water from the tap, press the button, and it boils your water, it would be weird. It would be weird to go into a house where they didn't have a kettle. But speaking to yeah, American friends and American, other American podcasters and just seeing it online as just not being a thing, it just sort of shocked me. Shocked me that this wasn't a part of the natural kitchen of an American house.
0: I, I remember my grandparents having one like that. It had a little... Uh, glass bulb on the top, where yeah, and then and then it would glow red. And I remember they have they have one, but most people it's just coffee pots or those Keurigs where you can just brew single cups and yeah, you know, things like that. And or the um, people that are really into coffee get the French press kind of thing going on, and, yeah, and you know, people's sun brew tea that's pretty popular in the summer around here, yeah, but yeah, the, those little those little kettles i haven't seen one of those in years you might be able to find no. one like at the antique store or something yeah
1: it's, it's strange and here mm-hmm. you know we use them forever i use them for everything you know if we're boiling an egg if mm-hmm. we're i don't know uh, we have making noodles we just boil the water in there first and then into the hot pan it goes just makes, speeds oh. up the process oh, it, yeah. i couldn't imagine life without my kettle you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to get up in the morning for one you know having to make my tea but uh it would be a daily struggle
0: well, I might have to look in to get one of those, see how, how, how quick it speeds up that process. We're all time uh, doing spaghetti and ravioli and boiling noodles, things yeah. like that. And we just fill up a big old pot and turn the stove on and wait.
1: Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> if you've got a decent stove, I think my stove is a bit rubbish. Maybe that's why as well. It takes a long, long, long time to, for our stove to get hot.
0: We don't have too terribly long to wait on ours. It's it's pretty, pretty good. So, what are some maybe uh, American Christmas traditions that, uh, that's something you would like to try, other than eggnog. Is there anything in particular that you've noticed we do in the states that it seems a little bit? Uh...
1: Not so much the the some of the Christmas stuff, but some of the or um, well, actually a, a lot of your food and drink generally the sort of you know mm-hmm. glut of um, different Christmas flavors you get mm-hmm. of all sorts of things of, you know, pretty much everything has Christmas additions. I've seen lots of in America. We get a few of those here, mm-hmm. and it has become a little bit more common in recent years that you'd get, you know, um, well, something that I've been quite obsessed with recently, uh, uh, Christmas crisps, or what you call them, chips, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bag of potato chips. And Christmas um, crisps here, we call them, have become a bit more common, getting, like, turkey flavor and, um Uh, I saw some pine tree flavor. We had some not so long ago, but they're still quite rare. Whereas I've seen so many adverts and things online of American flavored, uh, you know, candies and um, chips and, and lots of soft drinks as well. Lots of the American flavored soft drinks that um, I'm kind of obsessed with. Uh, I've got, again, quite a sweet tooth and I, I have cut massively down on my soft drinks in the last few years because It was probably way too bad for me. I used to drink Mm -hmm. a lot of of soft drinks, um, but I've managed to cut that down. uh, You know, my soda intake, um, as you'd say. Mm -hmm. But whenever I see the adverts online or or, or pictures or videos of all the Christmas like Pepsis and Mm Coca-Colas and Mountain Dews and things that you guys have, I, I think I could just down some of that stuff. Some of it looks so nice. The cinnamon flavors I've seen and it was the more recent ones that pepsi had bringing out i can't remember what now but i remember seeing it on twitter somewhere yeah. and and just googling for about 10 minutes like is this available in the uk can i get it in the uk anywhere apparently no we just <laughs> stuck with our normal pepsi flavor even you know even we don't even have pepsi cherry over here um which i got a bit obsessed with when i went to the us uh, me and my sister got obsessed with pepsi cherry when we went over there a few years ago um but you can't get that over here um in, in normal Pepsi cherry anyway. So mm-hmm. all of those sort of, yeah, those Christmas flavoured things, I uh-huh. think there's a lot more in America. And that's something yeah. that really, um, really attracts me. I <laughs> just wish yeah. we could have more of those sorts of things. I just want to, and as a Christmas obsessive, I'm sure that like you are, you know, I just want to try everything Christmas and make everything should be flavoured at Christmas. Yeah. Um, but um, we just don't have as much of that here. It's not as um, common a thing, unfortunately.
0: I was at the store yesterday looking to see if the uh, cranberry-flavored Sprite was available.
1: Yeah, that's what I want to try. We don't have that here. I want
0: that. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. And uh, there's also a Canadian Dry. They 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 do ginger ale, and they'll have a cranberry-flavored ginger ale as well. And I was looking for that, but I don't guess it was available yet. And that stuff, we have it. But, man, it gets hard to find because they just don't put out very much of it. And when it mm. it's out on the shelves, it goes in a hurry. Now, I will yeah. give you... I don't do it as much anymore because I'm a diet soda drinker, and it doesn't work as well with diet soda. But if you just buy a regular Pepsi, do you guys have those uh, hard peppermint candies? Yeah, yeah. We have them here, and I usually use – it's Brock's brand. They're called Starlight Mints, but it's just a hard peppermint candy. If you put put one of those peppermints in your mouth and drink a regular Pepsi, (laughs) you will get Christmas all over the world because that (laughs) – is two fantastic flavors together. It's like a peppermint soda flavor, and I used to do it all the time as a kid, yeah, and teenager. But then, uh, then I kind of got away, and I tried it with like a diet soda, and it just doesn't work as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds great. That's like yeah. a proper Christmas trick. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to try the, yeah. that yeah. this
0: year. It's like a uh, make make your own uh, soda flavor. But yeah, you you put that uh, p- hard peppermint in your mouth while you're drinking a Pepsi. Can't do it with Coke. Coke isn't as sweet as pepsi is no and uh, so if you do it with pepsi uh, it'll be you'll i think you'll enjoy that quite a bit it's like a I, I, christmas yeah, hack try that yeah a
1: little <laughs> christmas hack that's, that's yeah. it yeah it's something again i think generally as well i've been over to america a few times when i was younger mm-hmm. and a couple of times as an adult and um just you know even though I think the British have quite a sort of, you know, we have our chocolate is our big thing. We have lots mm-hmm. and lots and lots of different flavors of chocolate and brands of chocolate. And it's very, very sweet compared to some American chocolate, but generally American sweet tooth is just on another level. You know, the sort mm-hmm. of when I've tried American Pepsi and Coke, and it just tastes a bit sweeter than ours. Generally mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm a big fan of cherry Coke. Um, I, I don't drink as much anymore. I try you know, just to lessen my intake. Um, But when we used to go over to America, the cherry cake, the cherry Coke tasted so much better. I don't know why it was just maybe just more sugar. in <laughs> It was just worse for you, but it tasted better. Me and my sister yeah. used to just drink it by the caseload when we went over to America mm-hmm. and try and, you know, smuggle cans back in our luggage, you know, throw clothes out and put cans of cherry Coke in instead because it tasted better than the British stuff. Um, and I think it's probably just, yeah, sugar loads. And I think that is shows in a lot of the the Christmas flavorings you guys have that real sweet tooth that Americans have.
0: Yes, we do. We have a sweet tooth and it goes, goes year round. There's a, there's a reason that so many Americans fight with obesity. It's just because there's so much of it and it's so, so much, so much around. (laughs) It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to push away from. We're coming up. uh, At the time we're recording this, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving here in the States. And, you know, I'm already thinking about Thanksgiving dinner and it's like, how many calories am I going to put away? (laughs) with a big smile on my face just for thanksgiving and uh, it's wonderful but it is kind of uh if you you know step back and look at it it is it is kind of gluttonous at the same time and kind of kind of crazy to be like that but
1: but but sometimes you know it's you've just got to enjoy yourself don't you i think you know there's no point i'm not a calorie counter i'm not someone that spends each day me neither you know worrying about this or that because i just like to eat things that are nice usually yeah. and you know I've, i try and be healthy here and there I'm, I'm quite active at work generally i'm always on my feet mm-hmm. but i'm not someone yeah that is is obsessing over what i'm intaking i think that should be a bit of a, a sad day if i had to you know wake up and go okay how many of these can i eat this morning or yeah. when i get home i can have one piece of chocolate or, or something yeah <laughs> i just <laughs> this evening i've already had um a very british dinner of uh sausages and mash i don't know if that but basically smashed potato and sausages mm-hmm. and then quite a bit of some dairy milk cadburys christmas chocolate which shaped like mm-hmm. little um christmas trees and mm-hmm. now i've got a mince pie as well um to finish me off for the evening mm-hmm. but you know I'm, I'm enjoying what i eat so mm-hmm. as long as i sort of try and balance it out with some vegetables here and there and fruit i, I you know i like my fruit I like my veggies so i balance yeah. it out but uh i'm not a calorie counter it's it's Food is too nice, really, <laughs> for yeah. me to count. Yeah. And and you know, talking of Thanksgiving, it that's another sort of thing that even though it's not a Christmas thing, it sort of falls under the seasonal mm-hmm. realm of, of of Christmas because of where it is in the year. And um, every year for quite a few years, because my my family are sort of a bit um, American obsessed. You know, they love America. My parents visit a lot um, mm-hmm. to various places in America, and um, they'll often do a sort of a Thanksgiving mini dinner you know not in the same way we don't really have the same sort of full-blown celebrations that you guys have but they'll make sure they'll have a little turkey dinner of some kind and I think this week um for Thanksgiving I'm going to try and rustle up some sort of turkey dinner for me and my wife just to have it okay let's have a little Thanksgiving celebration and and, and any excuse to eat turkey really for me any excuse
0: (laughs) yeah yeah me me too I love turkey and in the sweet potato casserole and the cranberry sauce and I'm all in on, on that and it's stuff we don't eat, but you know, a couple times a year around the holidays and and that just makes it extra special. You talked about the Cadbury chocolates. That's one thing I, I kind of jealous of you having that around the holidays. The only time we get an influx of Cadbury is around Easter for the eggs. Yeah. And then they kind of disappear for the rest of the year. And it's like, man, I could use some of that Cadbury candy around, around Christmas myself, but
1: yeah it is it is a uh, it's a you know it's a, a what's the word a national treasure here i suppose Cadbury's mm-hmm. chocolate it's been i used to i grew up actually not far from where the sort of factory was where it mm-hmm. originally started and uh, i've been to the the Cadbury's factory a few times growing up because it was something near it was a nice treat you know on my birthday i might go there and they show you around um the factory it's like a little guided tour uh, and it gives you the sort of history of chocolate where chocolate was first you know um uh, grown and founded how it was brought over to Britain and other countries how they how and then how Cadbury's made their brand and uh, the guy that sort of founded it missed I think his name was John Cadbury I think his name was the guy that founded it and how he came to start the business and then you get to see the sort of factory area and how some of the chocolates are mixed and made and I remember one of my you know um, happiest memories of, of childhood I think I was probably about eight or nine I went there and the one day they were mixing the chocolate, the molten chocolate, and they were handing out loads of little cups of the molten dairy milk chocolate, like, you know, liquid chocolate. So for people to take a a drink of. And it was so delicious. I think I went for about four or five cups. I kept circling mm-hmm. around to get more. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've always been a bit of a, a Cadbury's obsessive. And at Christmas, we get quite a few nice things we get. Um, uh, Cadbury's put out little Cadbury's chocolate bars with little mini Christmas trees on, and it's sort mm-hmm. of um, intercrossing white and milk chocolate, so it's mm-hmm. two types of chocolate. Uh, they do these little chocolate bars, which are like little mini Santas and snowmen, like with truffley chocolate. That's quite nice. Um, and just this year, they put out some new ones, some gingerbread one, and which I haven't tried those ones yet, and another one as well, a peppermint one, I think. Um, and, and every Christmas as well, my um, ever since I was little, I've always got for my parents a giant bar of Cadbury's like a you know size of a small child bar of uh, <laughs> of dairy milk which is so big and the, the chocolate's so thick um and I don't know what it is about it but it tastes better when it's thick like really thick chocolate mm-hmm. um and I usually devour that by new year usually, <laughs> or try to <laughs> uh
0: that's funny you know it's, it's similar you talk about liking it the chocolate better when it's thick uh, here in the States at Easter time, the, the big thing is the chocolate bunnies. And uh, you can buy them like hollow or solid. And I've always been big on the hollow bunnies for some reason. It's like, yeah. it, I don't know what it is, but it's like, get the solid bunnies. It just tastes like a brick of chocolate, which you can get anytime. Not that the chocolate tastes any different, but it's something about <laughs> the the, the hollow one just, just works it's the feel of it. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something, I don't know, psychological, maybe the same one mm-hmm. Easter, um, the Cadbury's Easter eggs that me and my wife often, we sort of store a glut of them because there's something mm-hmm. somehow, even though I'm sure it's the same chocolate, mm-hmm. it tastes better in a hollow egg form Just something mm-hmm. about it tastes more. Yeah. crisp or more special yeah. i'm not sure what it is it's maybe it's just psychological
0: i think it's the ratios because this year new uh reese's peanut butter cup has come out with these little miniature they're like an inch long or so shaped um nutcracker shaped peanut butter cups mm. and something and they are so good i mean it's just reese's peanut butter and chocolate but something about the ratio of the chocolate and peanut butter is a little different because of that shape and size that it's like yeah the the sweet spot i guess pun intended but it was just like this <laughs> this right mixture of peanut butter and chocolate that's just really really great and um a few years back hershey put out these peppermint peppermint bark bells and it's like the right blend of the peppermint bark with the right layer of chocolate on it and mm. there's a little bite-sized things you just pop one in your mouth and it's like I think it's the ratios. I think candy just, it just depends on the ratios and the sizing. It just depends on, you know, makes yeah, it better. definitely. So. I
1: think, yeah, you can get, you know, uh, as you say, sometimes too much. If it's a big block, it's yeah. too gammy for your mouth, too yeah. chewy, too something, mm-hmm. but you get that little bite size perfection. Sometimes Yeah, we definitely. have a thing over here, um, which is sort of, again, a bit of a British um, chocolate um, favorite called Freddo bars. Uh, and they're little tiny, you know, again, probably a couple of inches long uh, chocolate bars made by Cadbury's and they're called Freddo's. Actually, I don't even know why they're called Freddo's. Uh, They're little frogs. It's like a little frog character is what Mm -hmm. the chocolate shaped like. And I think he's called Freddo, Freddo the Frog. Uh don't know why, but they've been around probably since the 80s, I think. And when they first came out, they were, I think, 10p or something, Mm -hmm. you know, quite quite cheap. And then over the years they've gone up to now they're like 60 70p and it's a bit of a running joke that you know i'll remember when freddo's were 10p because it's the same size but now Mm. they're like seven times the amount of money but there's nothing like having a little freddo bar there's something just they're quite small it's just dairy milk chocolate in a little frog shape but they're just sort of perfect for a little snack again well, for me, for dunking in my tea, I like quite like dunking chocolate in my yeah. English tea. It's uh, just something about it. it. makes it a bit melty. It sort of melts the uh-huh. top layer, and then you get like a crisp middle. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but just that perfect little bite size is just so nice. And often if I'm, you know, stopping to get um, a gas for my car, uh, I'll just pick one up um, and just make sure I've got, you know, a little Freddo to take to work with me for a snack.
0: Oh, nice. nice. Let's switch gears here. We we are, um, I've, I've always kind of thought this, you know, interacting with you on social medias and, and through the podcast and stuff we I, I kind of feel like we're, we're uh, cut from pretty much the same cloth. We have a lot of the same interests and, and everything. We're just on the, the opposite, opposite ends of, of the Atlantic. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Christmas entertainment from, from the UK. And f- uh, for my listeners that are, Maybe not quite as familiar with some of the 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 better u uh, k specials as far as Christmas specials what would be one uh show or Christmas special or movie that you would recommend them like cutting their teeth on as an introduction to
1: um i think I think there's a few contenders in in that particular bracket um if you're thinking about sort of classic british Christmas shows you've got things like um uh, Only Falls and Horses and uh, Blackadder um, and more modern ones like Gavin and Stacey. Um, but, but for me, I think if you're looking at an ideal way to sort of, you know, what is British humour um, and, and British Christmas specials would be to go for um, the very first Christmas special of the royal family. Are you aware of the royal family?
0: No, I'm not. No. no,
1: the Royal Family is um, a show that came out. I think it must have been early, maybe maybe late 90s, early 2000s here in Britain. Um, it had about four or five seasons, and then a lot of Christmas specials. There's about six, I think, mm-hmm. different or seven Christmas specials that came out um, during the run, and then after the sort of series ended. Um, and it's um, so a family called the Royal Family, but spelled R O Y L E. And they're very working class, very um, sort of um, relatively poor. Uh, They're sort of indicative of a certain type of British person who, you know, sits in front of the TV all day. Uh, The dad um, is uh, very grumpy. He watches television, sort of orders his wife about and, you know, loves her, but still a little bit bossy, farts a lot, a little bit gross. The mom, uh, Barb, is very sweet natured, a little bit put upon, but, you know, just gets by. And their children who are um, not the brightest sparks in the world. And it's just basically it's always set in the living room. They're sat around watching television and the comedy is between, you know, the interplay between the characters. And the Christmas special of the first series ends with their daughter's pregnant. And um, so she's it's Christmas Day. She's pregnant and uh, she goes into labor in the house on on Christmas Day. Uh, And it's just a a really funny slice of sort of British life uh, comedy. You know, it's, it's, it's lots of very sarcastic humor. Uh, Lots of very grumpy humour. The dad being very grumpy, you know, gets his wife to open his own Christmas presents because he's too lazy to get up and open them. Um, He, uh, he has a go at their nan all the time. He's constantly moaning at her and, and groaning because it's his wife's mom who he doesn't get on with and wants to always watch what she wants to watch on TV. But, Amidst that, there's this real sweetness, which I think a lot of British shows do really well at Christmas. Um, The best, Gavin and Stacey and those sort of classic British Christmas specials have sentimentality mixed in with the comedy. So it's not just, you know, a half hour or hour of of funny. Mm -hmm. There's the comedy and then there's some sweet moments of, you know, family of um characters opening up to each other and in this special it's uh, the dad is the one that's sort of stuck with the daughter while she's going into labor while the mom goes to try and get an ambulance and he's again this really grumpy sort of quite horrible person but he loves his daughter and he you know he's there for her and there's this really nice sweet sentimentality that i think really sums up for me the british christmas special that you get a lot of humor And then a little bit of sentimentality mixed in there. And I think Gavin and Stacey is the other one that I would say as a recommend. I don't know if you know, Gavin and Stacey.
0: That's um, James Coburn.
1: James Corden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The presenter. That was his like first big, big thing in Britain. And it's, um, a show about uh, two families one from wales one from essex which is by london and um this couple that sort of fall in love the girl from wales the boy from london and then their two families having to get along and mix together and james corden plays the best friend and again it's very very funny show very um, classic british humor lots of sarcasm and irony and um the christmas special is exactly that lots of real funny moments but then a few moments of sentimentality of sweetness mixed in there, you know, a moment where you're not laughing for five minutes, you're maybe even crying possibly at something quite sweet. Um, so I, I think, you know, for me, the Royal family and, um, Gavin and Stacey, those sum up, I think, what a good British Christmas special is and, and, and having on my podcast now I keep reviewing, um, British Christmas specials. So recently I did, uh, one called Friday night dinner, which is again, about a family, um, I looked at uh I'm looking at outnumbered for an upcoming one and all of them seem to have in the midst of all the comedy a little moment of sentimentality a little bit of mm-hmm. oh you know might have a little bit of a cry on christmas day here mm-hmm. uh which I think just sort of sums up that mixture of emotions I think you sometimes mm-hmm. get on christmas quite nicely
0: that uh, sounds great I I'll definitely have checked those out I, I've heard a little bit about Gavin and Stacey just here and there I think maybe Ted's the podcast covered yeah, I think they covered the, the covered yeah the them. Christmas special. Yeah, um, so I'll have to check those out. I like that the you're talking about the sentimentality because it seems like a lot of the Christmas specials in the states just to kind of contrast them. It's you know especially the the sitcoms. It's it's a lot of funny, a lot of funny, a lot of funny, and then you just kind of get a sigh of relief. <laughs> you know that all the chaos is over, but it doesn't yeah. really get sentimental. It may end with like some warm words or a warm yeah. settlement but that's kind of about as far as they go they don't really get that sentimental to you know really stir your emotions you know,
1: no like, that yeah that's something i've definitely noticed that uh, again i watch a lot of christmas specials as i'm sure you do because mm-hmm. it's just part of my tradition i'd like to watch mm-hmm. as many as possible and some i watch again and again and again mm-hmm. um and definitely the american ones they, they like you say they might have like a moment of you know oh this is what christmas is all about or this mm-hmm. nice family moment but not enough to sort of, you know, try and get those tears coming like a lot of British ones do. Yeah. Even even in the sort of oddest moments. So again, um, I recently reviewed um, um, uh, him and her, which is another very good British um, TV show about a couple um, who live in a flat, you know, they spend the whole time just hanging out in the flat and they're neighbor creepy neighbor comes over um the girl's sister who's just a horrible person comes over with a horrible boyfriend and you just see their interactions and in the christmas special it's you know lots of funny lots of silliness lots of the anarchy of christmas day and then the guy's dad turns up and he hasn't seen his dad for years and the dad buys him for christmas a book which he used to read him when he was a baby like a a book that he used to read to him at night and it's just this moment where both characters start, you know, tearing up and you're just not expecting it at all. It's that mm-hmm. sort of, that little sweetness, that little sentimentality that, you know, really sort of makes you almost cry on Christmas day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, you know, that's quite nice to me because I think that's what Christmas is sometimes about. You know, you do get those moments around Christmas where you feel a bit emotional or a little bit sentimental. You think back on, you know, times mm-hmm. when you were young or your family. It's like um, that bit in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I always think mm-hmm. about where he's sat in the attic Uh, watching the old christmas videos and it's that sort of feeling of you know i'll remember this remember that that nostalgia those Mm -hmm. family those things that can get to you Uh, and i think british christmas specials do that quite well they sort of just give you a moment where you're like okay this is you know christmas is also about family and sentimentality and sometimes you it's okay to have a little cry
0: at that you look back you mentioned that christmas vacation scene and it's like he's watching those home movies and you think well my kids are where I was then. And, you know, my parents are where I am now and, you know, and, and you just kind of see how life has progressed and yeah, you miss, you miss how it, how it was. And then you also know it's going to continue to change and, and evolve. And so you just kind of got to hold on to Christmas as it is. And as it presents itself this year and absolutely and, and enjoy it
1: that's the thing I'm definitely yeah, sort of you know I, I, it's hard to do sometimes but I try and you know cherish the moments as much as possible and especially around Christmas that's so important I think to just not worry too much about oh you know what am I doing in two weeks time for Christmas mm-hmm. or, or what's going to happen here or what's going to happen there it's just enjoy the moments that you're in and, and, yeah. and sort of those um, those little festive times you get and you know obviously plan if you can <laughs> planning yeah. is important but yes. but enjoying it whilst you're there rather than thinking about okay what's next after this bit you know i think that's just as important sometimes i think sometimes you can get wrapped up too much and you know i've seen family and friends do this where they're just you know having a party or gathered together for dinner or something and they're thinking about the next day or the next week or or something rather than actually being there in the moment
0: Uh, a musical artist i had on the podcast luke mcmaster he has a new christmas song new christmas album out and it's really good but he has an original song on there called christmas present and that's the name of the album and it's not about a christmas present like a gift you give but it's about living christmas in the present mm. you know especially after the year we've been through of 2020 it's like you know just whatever christmas is this year just be sure you're there for it yeah and uh, i've kind of had this little bit of this evolution going on when I have four kids and when they were like in programs and musicals at school and stuff, I was the dad, you know, wanting to film it and record it and things <laughs> like that, you know? And then I, I've gotten to where I don't do that anymore at all. It's like, cause I don't want to see it behind the lens. Yeah. I just want to see it for myself and then hang on to it. And, you know, and it's like, well, you don't have it on video. It's like, well, the school always videos them and you can buy a copy you yeah. know, for a few dollars and help school out. And that way I can like, be there and actually watch yeah it.
1: just watch it without worrying I mean, yeah is the camera on does this look all right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and
0: trying to keep trying to keep up with everything and plus two it's just just having that screen even though that screen and seeing what your eyes see just having that screen in between you know myself and whichever kid was up on the stage you know it just doesn't feel like a like it was the, the right thing to do and and you know this year for everybody, Christmas is going to be a little bit different, but I keep saying different doesn't mean worse. You know, mm. it's it's going to be different, and you know, make it the best you can, and then you know, fingers crossed, next Christmas we'll have things back to what we used most more normally have, and yeah, and maybe you know, this tr- Christmas will spur you know some new traditions of of some kind, and absolutely, and, you know, yeah. And, uh, things and and one one tradition i am going to swipe from from you guys over there in the uk uh, for my kids this year is the christmas cracker
1: (laughs) i'm actually i think my one of my podcasts in december i'm gonna talk about that i've been doing some research about christmas crackers yeah
0: i don't know why they never took off here in the states you know i'm not sure that
1: they're they're just fun they're really fun little sort of you know a little moment of of, of fun for everyone around yeah. the christmas table
0: they, they they are i mean come the fourth of july around here we are setting everything on fire and exploding fireworks all over the place it's like why, <laughs> w- why would we do something that's kind of similar because we'll have we'll have these things that you pull a string and it pops and it pops and blows out confetti everywhere yeah, you know, and the kids do them, and it's like, well, why wouldn't we do anything like that around Christmas time? And it comes with a little prize inside.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you get them in the stores? There are they sort of you know, can you buy them now? Are they?
0: Um, you can find available. Them, you can find them at some like uh, world market type stores. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, they're not hard to find. You just have to go looking for them. So I, I'm I'm planning on getting some with either like some chocolates in it or. Probably some chocolates. My kids are a little bit old for some of the toys that come in them. Here yeah, the they
1: usually, it's a, it's a bit of sort of, again, every house in Britain generally will have crackers, but every yeah. house also knows that the toys are usually a bit rubbish or, or, yeah. or you get weird stuff in them. So the traditional mm. thing here is that you always get a, a paper hat, a paper crown, mm. and so everyone has to sit around the dinner table wearing their paper crown, <laughs> apart from maybe like the grumpy dad or granddad who's like, I'm not wearing my paper crown <laughs> until we all guilt <laughs> them into putting it on. Um, a terrible joke, some sort of really bad joke, you uh-huh. know, something like uh, what uh, I can't think of a terrible joke now. <laughs> See, they're so bad, I can't think of one um, and some sort of toy or, or or gizmo. So quite often there'll be things like weird things sometimes like mini um, nail clippers I've had before in them uh keychains, uh mini like hand mirrors, but again tiny tiny so that you mm-hmm. you can't really see much in them. Um dice. But you you do occasionally, you know, you can get sort of nicer ones. You can get sort mm-hmm. of fancy ones that have more interesting things. And one year actually for Christmas we had some which had these little reindeer toys. They were wind up reindeer. Uh-huh. So they're only again a couple of inches high and you each got one uh with different colours on them and you wind up the back put them on the uh, table and then they sort of walk across the table, you know, this Uh little mechanical gizmo and they're meant to race. They're called racing reindeers. And so uh, I was at my sister's house for Christmas uh, and they got two young nephews. This was a few years back, probably about five, six years ago. And he was quite young and he's a teenager now. And uh, we all lined up our reindeers to have a little post Christmas dinner race, Uh Uh, sort of line them all up, you know, put them down at the same time, and then my mom, who's very, very competitive, or my family are quite competitive at the best of times, went to uh, as sort of as a joke, but also I think she wanted to win. Knock my um, my reindeer off the table, and as she did that, she knocked my nephew's reindeer flying off the table, and he just <laughs> burst into tears.
0: Oh, he was friend. only
1: like you know seven, six or seven years old, yeah. and he just absolutely like thought well, like Why did my nan just <laughs> destroy my reindeer at the race?" And so we had to spend then the next 10 minutes trying to get him to console and calm him down because Nan was trying to knock his reindeer over.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot of fun having those uh, reindeer races across yeah. the table. Yeah, so that was quite oh nice. My. So
1: those sort of, you know, little, it was yeah. like a little game as well after yeah. after the uh, crackers had been pulled for the family.
0: I might have to look for something like that. The ones I've seen all have like uh, here in the States, it's either chocolates or the other ones I've seen had like, uh, crayons and the coloring yeah. page in them and like some one had like i guess a bl- real blunt pair of scissors for cutting out stuff yeah and things and it's just kind of like yeah like my kids are a little my youngest one would probably enjoy that but uh you know i was trying to yeah get not quite like, for the older ones yeah the older ones would want something a little bit more so that's why i was thinking maybe the ones with some like chocolates or something in there so
1: yeah no that's probably i, I think i'd prefer some chocolates in there to yeah least. we again yeah. one of the other things i just remembered you'd get in them uh, these little weird, well, there'd be a couple of things. There's one, it was like a little puzzle where you had two triangle metal pieces stuck together. Uh-huh. And it's like a magic trick. And if you turn it in a certain way, they unhook right. and then you have to, so it's like, can you get them apart? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you usually spend about, you know, 15 minutes out at the Christmas dinner table, trying to figure out how to get these two little <laughs> bits of metal apart and getting more and more frustrated because the instructions are on a tiny bit of paper and you don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, and the other thing was these little, we call them slippery fish here i don't know if they're a thing in american it's like a tiny little piece of almost like cellophane or plastic Mm um a really really thin in the shape of a fish and you put it on the middle of your palm and depending on how it curls up that's your either that's your future or that's the emotion you're feeling um so you know if it curls up tail first then you're an angry person. Mm-hmm. If it goes 1st you're a loving person. If it goes all the way around, then um, you're a lucky person. Just like a little weird, uh-huh. almost like a mood ring sort of game. Yeah. Um, but just odd little things like that you'd get in crackers and a tiny little bit of entertainment, you know, at the dinner table, whereas everyone's going around saying, Oh, you know, I'm a happy person, I'm a, I'm a lucky <laughs> person. Just odd little things like that, which are quite sweet actually. And, yeah. you know, it sort of makes for that post-dinner. Um, bit of fun especially for the kids obviously playing around with these silly little toys right
0: it just gives you you know 10 or 15 minutes of uh entertainment and that yeah that's, that's well worth it
1: or Old, very old-fashioned entertainment but that's quite it, nice you know without yeah. the telly on or something
0: I'm, I'm one of them that uh i don't like the television on very much unless i'm watching it you know <laughs> uh there's i go to some people's houses and it's on and you're trying to talk beyond in the other room and you're trying to talk and and have a good time and it's just it's like can we just go turn that off if nobody's watching it but they just want to have it has to be on yeah I just—I just i just don't understand it you know nobody's watching it just turn the thing off you know
1: (laughs) no i'm a fan i I, i'm I'm the same i like music you know if i'm Uh hanging out with friends and stuff put on a an album or a playlist in the background Mm -hmm. or something I'm, i'm quite a christmas i make lots of christmas playlists for myself and uh, if ever we have friends over or family, I'll put I'll, I'll put one of my playlists on something yep. in the background. That's a nice atmosphere.
0: Yeah, I, I do that too. I'll have uh, either be streaming some some at the holidays. I'll be streaming some Christmas playlist either on off the TV and you know letting it play or you know off the you know Bluetooth speaker or something like that and turn it down yeah. real low. We work a lot of puzzles around Christmas time, so a lot of times it's, the music's playing real light and we're sitting around the table putting a jigsaw puzzle together and yeah that's always that's nice that's a good time to, to speaking of music that's something else that uh that's a big tradition there in the uk is the christmas number one
1: yeah absolutely you
0: know around in the states it doesn't it's not that big a deal you know what song's number one at christmas time and it's not even always a christmas song it's just whichever no. is number one at the on christmas day and yeah, I'm not. I'm
1: not sure why it's such a big thing over here. I don't even know. I, I don't think back in the sort of sixties and seventies. Well, I don't think in the sixties it was such a big thing. I think it was the seventies when it became a big British thing for because yeah. there was a, a string of big Christmas hits in the seventies here. Um, Slade mm-hmm. um, and Wizard and Mud, Quite a lot of sort of bands in the seventies released Christmas songs, and I think that sort of you know kicked up a bit of fuss around Christmas for them people to be excited about what's going to be number one at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I, I did an episode on the Christmas number ones last year <laughs> and um, I only got up to, I think the year 2000, cause it was such a big topic. I'm going to have to go mm-hmm. back to that. I think probably next year and look at the more recent stuff um, because it is a There's a lot of buzz around it. I think it sort of dropped away in recent years with streaming and everything. I think it sort of changed the way that is seen. But there's still a little bit of buzz about it. And (laughs) quite often here we have novelty hits at Christmas. We have um, (laughs) tracks that get to number one that are sort of from kids TV or weird characters. I think last year's number one was, again, a very, very British um, idea. This comedy, I think he's a YouTuber guy. He calls himself Lad Baby. And he and his wife uh, make, you know, funny videos of their life with their little kid. They've got a small child and it's, you know, very silly videos they make. And they recorded a cover if I'm getting this right of I Love Rock and Roll, um, but they s- sang I Love Sausage Rolls, mm-hmm. uh, which I, is sausage rolls, I think, in America.
0: I don't know. I'm not, not sure. Not really.
1: No, it's sausage, <laughs> sorry, sausage roll to explain now. <laughs> See, it's so British. <laughs> sausage rolls are pretty much what it sounds like, a sort of <laughs> sausage meat. Uh-huh. in the middle of pastry. So yeah. like a bready sort of pastry that you wrap around it uh, and then cook. Um, and they're, they're very popular here as like, you know, a lunch thing, you know, lots of uh, pastry places and shops. There's a, a chain called Greg's that makes sausage rolls um, and people just pick them up for lunch. Uh, and um, yeah, he sang this song, I Love Sausage Rolls, and that got to number one somehow. I, it was for charity. I think a lot of the money went yes. to charity, which is very nice. Yes. But is that sort of thing, that weird... Weird, nothing to do with Christmas. The, the video he made was Christmassy, like him eating lots of sausage rolls. I think and wrapping them up for Christmas. But uh, it's just that odd, yeah, obsession here with what's going to be at number one, um, which is quite interesting and exciting. You know, I remember as a kid really being excited about waiting, you know, to find out what was Christmas number one and mm-hmm. wanting certain songs to be Christmas number one as well. Um, but yeah, it never really took off in America. It seems I'm not sure why.
0: I don't ever remember growing up being like the number one song ever being like that big a deal. I mean, it is a big deal to people in the industry, but you know, culturally I don't remember people really, you know, celebrating any like number one song. I remember no. people listening to like Casey Kasem's top 40 and seeing where you're at. It was mm. more of like, what was the top 40 and who's moving up and who's, moving down was you know just kind of the the placement and the ebbs and flows of the charts was more of a subject of interest at least with the the people that I hung around with more than yeah the, more than what actually was number 1 unless there was a song that was like staying right there at number 1 for an extraordinary amount of time something unusual but it seemed to me like it was always this the ebbs ebbs and flows of the numbers and the biggest thing around here for Christmas that's similar is the the box office. Who's going to win the box office over mm. Christmas, you know, which movie is going to take home the Christmas box office for that, you know, Christmas weekend or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that, and that could just be my peer group more focused on that than, than anything. And, but I remember seeing lots of articles, you know, and, and even back, you know, for COVID and stuff, reading articles in August about what studios are putting what movies and what place to, mm-hmm. you know, get to that big Christmas box office and watching, you know, like it's like when star Wars, when this last trilogy was going to be, you know, all, all Christmas releases, you know, watching the other studios, like pull back their hit movies and release them earlier just to avoid, <laughs> Just to avoid that money drain yeah, yeah, of Star Wars. And then, then when, um, but what was really strange was, was it the second Star Wars movie that came out when Jumanji and the Greatest Showman came out as well? You know, Star Wars opened up way bigger than those movies did, but Jumanji and the Greatest Showman lasted so long into January, yeah, and their legs were so long. I remember that being a big deal. It's like, well, Star Wars won the Christmas weekend, but rest of December and into early January was, you know, the, the first, Juman, not the first Jumanji movie, but Welcome to the Jungle and The Greatest Showman. And I think The Greatest Showman even t- was in the top five, three or five into February you know because people i guess we're going back to see it so much yeah know.
1: that was just such a big hit yeah is is it a thing in america i'm sure i've I've heard about this before that going to the cinema on christmas day is it's a bit of a
0: yes uh thanksgiving yeah thanksgiving and christmas day but christmas day it is a big tradition my family never did because we have so much family stuff going on and mm-hmm. multiple families to see but it is a it is a big deal to, you know, you do Christmas morning, Christmas breakfast and then after lunchtime go see a movie, but that is a big tradition for a lot of people.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that that's I th- I'm pretty sure yeah. they're all closed here on Christmas Day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the cinemas close here <laughs> cuz I've never I've, I've never done that and don't know any yeah. friends that did that. I've been yeah. on on the de- day after before. So we have boxing day, mm-hmm. uh, which is our sort of post Christmas day um, bank holidays so for everyone to have a day off and sort of probably just get over Christmas a little bit. Um, and I've been a few times on boxing day to see films with, with friends usually mm-hmm. as a sort of, you know, teenager. Um, but Christmas day was, yeah, it's not that for us. It was, it was, you know, cinema's closed.
0: Yeah. yeah it, it was, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a big tradition. It's it's one of those to where you'd have to buy your tickets Two or three weeks uh, uh, in advance just mm. to, to to get them because if you know, if there was a big movie coming out you'd have to go you know and you weren't you weren't you know vigilant enough to get on there and, and get your ticket bought. then you just have to go see something else or you were just out of luck altogether yeah and uh, but yeah that that's a the the Christmas Day movie and it's not always a Christmas movie either it's usually something like Star Wars or you know some kind of family movie you know like yeah mary poppins a few years back um released right on christmas day and, something
1: for all the family to go see i yeah, suppose isn't it It's yeah. looking for there that market
0: yeah so but yeah that is that is a big tradition and thanksgiving is one as well people you know do the thanksgiving at lunchtime and then after lunch head a lot of them head to the theater yeah. to see something so but probably probably not gonna be that way this year, unfortunately. No, but, don't think so. No. But,
1: sadly uh, not. Yeah.
0: Well, Adam, I really appreciate you joining me here on Christmas Clatter. Let everybody know where they can find you and find Mary Britmas at.
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, you can search Merry Britsmas at pretty much all good podcast apps. Uh, I have a website as well, merrybritsmas.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. If you just search for my podcast, you'll find me. Uh, I often post uh, British Christmas uh Things every day, whether it's videos uh, or old British adverts or all sorts of things. Uh, so, yeah, check me out. Um, like me on Instagram and uh, listen to my podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, if you guys enjoy Christmas Clatter, you'll definitely like uh, Mary Britness. And I'll have all those links to his website and his social medias in the show notes and on my website, ChristmasClatterPodcast.com. That way, you guys are just a couple of taps away. And uh, Well, Adam, thanks so much for joining me here on Christmas Clatter, and you have a happy Christmas. And a happy Christmas to you, too. Thank you for listening to Christmas Clatter. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Send us an email at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. And as always, remember to keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thank you for listening to the Christmas Podcast Network. Merry Britmas is a delightful podcast. Now let me reword that, make it sound a little bit more British. Mary Britmas is a brilliant podcast. Not full of any kind of rubbish. That's terrible.